The deals are getting hotter during the dear days of summer. Get 0% financing for 60 months on all John Deere compact tractors. Plus, get a best-in-class six-year powertrain warranty at no additional cost. Hurry in today for the hot deals of summer. Offer ends August 2nd, 2016, subject to approved installment credit with John Deere Financial. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. Visit your local John Deere dealer today to take advantage of special savings going on now. Find out more at myjohndeeredealer.com. Blog Talk Radio. This is a show about people who are ahead of their time. People who future generations will likely view as sparks of the greatest intellectual and spiritual revolution in the history of humanity. If you feel there's more to life than iPhones, iPads, and mindless consumerism, if you're open to receiving information in all forms in any number of ways, if organized religion, organized political movements, and any form of collectivism just doesn't quite cut it for you, you engage in critical thinking. If you think for yourself, if you have peace and love in your heart and Jack Daniels in your bloodstream, if you believe that seriousness is a disease, if you're curious, then let's come, let's go on a journey together as we explore the outer limits of inner truth. Good evening. Welcome to the Outer Limits of Inner Truth. I'm your host, Ryan. It's an honor to have you with us tonight. I'm really, really excited about our guest for this evening, George Cavallis. Incredible, incredible. And uh, I do apologize if I said his last name wrong. I think I said his last name wrong a number of times. It's a, it's a challenge that I'm looking to evolve through. But George is a very fascinating individual. And the reason why I wanted to have him on the show is because he offers a very unique perspective on life. Um, a very uh, bold perspective for his time. And you're going to find that a lot of the people that we're going to be having on the program have a standalone perspective on life that no one else does have, or they're very original in nature. So without further ado, please, uh, we'll play the interview with George right now, and then we'll have the virtues, and they say some incredible things about him. So here's the interview with George. Chapter 22, George Kavasilis. George Kavasilis is an author... He's an acclaimed speaker. He's a regular guest on the alternative radio circuit and soon-to-be guest on the mainstream radio circuit. He is author of a phenomenal book called Our Universal Journey, and it details his explorations throughout our universe, throughout other universes, and it's very cosmic, very celestial, and very fascinating nonetheless. So please welcome to the program Mr. George Kavosoulos. George, thank you for being with us today. Ryan, it truly is um, humbling and, honor, and an honor to have been invited onto your show. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Now, your book, for anyone who's never heard about who you are, what your book is, can you give a brief explanation, if you were to say the bullet point version about what your book and journey was entailed? Yeah. Um, in, in summary, uh, mm-hmm. the book is about our, truly our universal journey. So it's about entering this universe about understanding why we did that, understanding the process we have gone through and the, the reasons why we have ended up on this planet and what was the intention of our incarnation on this planet and why was this planet created, why was the solar system created, why was the galaxy created. So in brief, it is uh, a description or shall I say a jogging of the memory for people to remember exactly what life is about in this universe. Well, what is life about in this universe? And from your perspective, how did you attain an understanding? Because most people believe in our world at this present moment in time, which is uh, the year 2014, I don't know where people listen to it right now, but to perceive life as they wake up, they go to work, they have kids, they grow old, and then they, they go to the next, uh, they die. And they think that's it. So why don't you have this greater understanding that uh, it's much more than that? Yeah, I've always known it throughout my life and you'd be surprised how many people are in the same position where we look at the world and we look at the, you know, the, what's presented to us through the, the commercial media and the way of televisions and newspapers and radios. And you know, even when, when we look at election campaigns, the same promises from when we were children to when we were middle-aged, it's the same cycle over and over again, just the same old uh, man with a different suit on. 
um, it we know in, intrinsically, instinctively, and intuitively that uh, there is a system in place on this planet to keep us um, held in stasis in a particular state of being. And so you'd be surprised how many people already have this intrinsic knowing about the much greater aspects of life uh, within themselves. Okay, when you say force that's holding us here, what would it be holding us here for? And um, what if, how would it, the normal person perceive that? Like, what would the point, what, what is the force and why is it holding us here? Okay, the, this is a really big question, okay. a really big question, um, because what we're, we're talking about now is a, a, a force within the universe. It, is a, it goes all the way back um, to basically a mind entity. So when you work your way back through the um, cultural programs and then you work through you back through the societal programs through the religious programs and you look at all the different mind constructs and mindsets and uh, that have been propagated in this world over you know not just centuries but millennia and and beyond there's a consistent theme there is a common denominator through all of them and that is the intention of um, a particular entity who is hell-bent on control and domination of the human race here on this planet and there's very good reason for it and it goes all the way back through its masculine expression its feminine expressions and goes all the way back to an entity that is made up of pure mind energy and it is uh, androgynous in its nature and is seeks to replicate everything of the natural order in this universe because it claims itself to be the creator of all that is and all that exists. Okay, so what you're just saying there, are you saying that this force, this entity that is claiming to be controlling, is what most people in a uh, TikTok mindset would perceive to be as God? Absolutely. It is okay. the God virus. It's a God virus. So when people think about God, and I'm talking to God, most people think it's some supreme universal being that is all righteous and all holy and from what you're engaging is that it's basically an um, entity or a spiritual molecular, would, would you call it a conscious being that is uh, ego-based, that is basically conceived because of mankind, or is it an energy or an entity that existed before mankind gave it credentials and gave it energy? Oh, no, it existed well before that. It existed even before the manifestation of this galactic reality. And you see, you've got the natural creator of this universe, and then you've got the... Um, entity that's claiming to be the creator of not only this universe but all of life because uh, once one reconnects with the natural state of being and the creator of this universe you immediately instantly have the knowledge and the understanding that you exist well beyond this universe and that that creator of this universe uh, is, the, is the first being that will remind you of that it's nothing untoward nothing unusual nothing weird uh, we are infinite beings, and so once we connect with our infinite nature, we realize that we've never been created by anything, that we've always existed, and that life is open-ended. I always have been, and I always will be. And the God program states that there is a creator being who is the creator of everything, and that we are somehow little bits or cells or little spores that have spawned out of this one uh, God entity. So... You know, there's a variation in programs there. Once the moment you understand your infinite nature, the God program is instantly revealed and exposed. Okay, when you're saying it's instantly revealed and exposed, now this um, entity you're describing, which most people would come to know as God, who is for some reason fought over from various religions that all claim um, a place on this entity you refer to as known as we know as God, or most people know as God, does this God have any power or influence over humanity, that, or pieces of humanity that do not give it any credentials? So hypothetically speaking, somebody who says, listen, I am an atheist, I do not give any credentials to this God program or this God consciousness, does that God consciousness have power over that person in any way, shape, or form? Well, ab absolutely, because the program of atheism is, uh, a part of, is one of the programs of this God entity. Okay, really? So do you think yes, that it atheism itself, whether they want to believe it or not, is a religious form? The same thing, like would you compare that and the New Age movement is comparable to uh, the, the same? Uh, 
Yes, they are all paradigms of mind constructs. They are all programs. And uh, in order to actually reconnect with the natural understanding, the natural order of life, you need to move beyond all mental programs because reality is beyond the construct of the mind. You need to go back into the pure core essence of who and what we are. Okay, but there are some individuals, I mean, is, that is a very scary and terrifying step for a lot of individuals. That they do want to believe that there is some supreme consciousness that's out there overseeing their day-to-day life and kind of playing behind the scenes and doing it. And in some ways, it gives a lot of people hope. Do you think that if people should actually take these steps to disengage from this consciousness, take the plunge, regardless of what it could potentially do to them mentally? Because maybe some people in their physical life incarnation this time around need to experience that hope or need to experience this God program. So do you think that... Well, they do. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they do. They do need to have that experience. Uh, I did uh, through this journey in this universe. I gave my power over to that being. I went through the programs of uh, experiencing what it means to be subservient to another entity, to be fed off, um, you know, by that entity through the programs of worship and prayer and all this projection of energy towards that being because this is all about uh, nourishment for that being. It, it draws its power on feeding off the masses. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's the basic concept of being a cosmic conqueror. Uh, there's many other... Uh, versions of that as many other entities who are playing those roles as well but there is this one entity who climbed to the top of the ladder and is the most proficient at it than anybody else in the universe now and the reason yeah okay. sorry go on. So I was going to say describe it how would you describe this entity how would you describe a visual visual description of this entity oh this entity can present itself in any form any name that's why I tend to use just a, a really neutral way of describing this energy because you know, whether you call it, uh, you know, um, I don't want to use names. The moment you use names, you are only addressing one small expressional aspect of that entity because we need to actually respect the genius of this entity. You've got to understand what it is we're up against here. This isn't a child's play. This is the, the most sophisticated uh, programs of uh, control domination and limitation that this universe has to offer is what has been imposed here on this planet and it's got to do with everything that we are and uh, everything that's going on here on this planet it's the most important thing going on in the universe and that's not to do with ego it's to do with who we actually are the physical structure of our human nature which hue is an ancient word for uh, universal creator it's about we are a fractal literally a fractal of the universe and that gives us the ability to um, you know we have the genetic vessel that gives us the opportunity and the ability to contain all of that which we are in this universe in one space-time location okay so we basically you're implying that human beings the spiritual particle that we each of us are, are maybe actually be more powerful than this uh, being known as God and that we come from a, um, a are we part of a greater divine energy I mean you, can you describe because this is this is where we're if we're following this with our minds it gets it, it gets a little challenging I think because yes, our does. brains can only go to a certain part when you just talked about this God that human beings have been worshiping on earth and you talked about this other true creator what is the comparable difference between this God here on earth and the true creator is are we are we particles of that true creator? And whereas this God is something that's outside of us. Is, it, is this God that's, that's on earth, is it inside of us, is it outside of us? Well, when you understand that you're a part of the all, because that, whether it's inside of us or outside of us, we, if you are a part of the all, then it's a part of you. So um, this is really challenging to explain this in a very short period of time. No, take your time. I'll, I'll, do, I'll do my best. Okay, um, you, we, we are definitely, absolutely more powerful uh, than this God entity when you reconnect with the true essence and magnitude of who and what you are. You begin to realize exactly where this God entity fits and, and the role it's playing in the universe. I mean, it exists because the true creator requires this challenge of to you know we want this challenge to understand the natural order of life or to be fallen 
not that's fallen is the incorrect language, to choose to participate and engage because it's all about ownership and responsibility. It's not original sin, it's original intent. We've got to own it, you know. We've chosen this, you know. We've got to stop blame, playing the blame game. We've got to realise that, that everything that occurs in this universe is a co-creative process. So we are co-creating in everything, every experience that we have, everything that we do. So our journey through the domains of this God entity, not the natural creator, but this God entity, is, uh, um, is one of intention because we wanted to understand what it means to be overcome or controlled by or divided internally by the programs that this entity has to offer. And that way we go through um, the experience of, of greater appreciation of the integrated self, of the sanctified self, uh, more than we ever have ever before. So all in all, it's actually playing a fantastic role to challenge us uh, better in this universe than anybody else can. It's, it's a fantastic experience as far as I'm concerned. Wow. That's pretty amazing. And when somebody, uh, let's say for people that are out there, when they say, listen, I'm going to be praying to God or I'm going to be casting my prayers to God, mm. and sometimes they do, they, they pray to God and, and things happen. Things against all odds happen. What is exactly happening during that process? Where are these prayers going? Is, are the prayers going to um, strengthen the ego of this being and if the being that you're praying to uh, has a fulfillment of ego, say, listen, you rub the ego the right way, it's going to lend a hand or extend its power to you? Yeah, well, it's a, um, people don't realize economic collectives, the extent of economic collectives. The, um, the system of praying and the system of worship is an economic collective. It's a credit-based system. So the more you um, pay your uh, pittance of, uh, you know, your deposits of adoration, of ad ad admiration, of uh, your subservient nature, of you looking up to this being and you're continually projecting towards it. You are depositing, you are putting credits into the system of this God entity. So it will win you. You are looking to win its favour if you look at the way this whole system is constructed. It's actually an economic collective, but on a, <laughs> it's a spiritual economic collective. So I'm just being honest, upfront, straight up and telling it how it is. And it is shocking for people to you know, to understand this concept. And yes, that God entity, because it is running uh, a lot of what's going on on the planet at the moment, because we've let it, we've let it come here and do this to us to, to provide the challenge for us here in this world and this, on this planet over eons of time. So now the time is coming to an end and we're saying to this God entity, you know, uh, this is our planet, this is my body, you know, this is my soul expression uh, no longer am I going to be a part of your system and your uh, game and I'm not participating in your programs of subservience. I'm no longer feeding you. I'm now going to become sovereign and uh, merge once again and reintegrate with my soul and the natural order of things. Okay, so you were talking about in your book that we're going to see a cosmic shift. And now, it's been talked a lot. Everyone says that there's going to be some you know, major thing. Do you think that that could be systematically the uh, quote-unquote the death of God where a collective society or collective humanity decides to go within themselves to, to really reconnect with that divine divinity within and put the external God on the shelf and kind of minimize its power and then see its ultimate implosion? Uh, yeah, it, it'll, it'll kick its ego really hard, what's going on on this planet, but that, that God entity is still going to be functioning in the universe. It'll just diminish its power greatly because because of who and what we are being a fractal of the universe we're actually a portal each one of us is a portal to universal constructs so it's um we access more life force than any other race in the universe so when it feeds off the earth human race it's getting fed more energy than anywhere else by a long shot like seriously the amount of energy it's being fed from us is easily a thousand fold from any other race so why is that so it's because of because we access more life force so when we um because of the um, fractalization which means compression which means density uh, which means in intensity so the energy that we emanate that we uh, process that we uh, are uh, our expressive energy of just being who we are our emotional energy our intensive energy 
is really powerful compared to every other every other race in the universe due right, to now, the fractalization. Okay, well these are going. I mean, it's interesting. Every time you give an answer, like three more questions pop up. Um, That's right. <laughs> let's say this. Um, say, for example, you have individuals who are ready to accept this idea. That they say, "Look, I don't want to be subservient." to this God of humanity anymore. I do not want to do it. However, at the same time, I want to get stuff done. I want to accomplish all the things I want to do. Can you have a, um, a mutual agreement or a partnership with this God while not being subservient to it? Can you work with this God and say, look, you know, you are who you are. I am who I am. I will not bow to you. I will work with you. We can work together. Can you do that? And if uh, in that same question, who would be the creator the true creator that people could really pledge their life force to. How would you describe the creator? So that's well, a, you don't. Well, the true creator is not interested in you pledging your life force to it. We already are that energy. It's not about pledging. It's about being your authentic self and and living from your soul essence. So when we actually go just back to being our authentic selves and not being subservient to anything, you reclaim your sovereignty. You already are automatically reconnecting with all of life see you're um, we are one and it's not the collectivism oneness i'm not you know i'm very i warn people about collectivism too these are these are a lot of the traps of the new age and and um, different uh, religious ideologies and concepts because collectivism is a very dangerous thing and this god entity has different versions of collectivism that have been propagated on the planet as we speak so you know, how far do we go with that conversation? My goodness, it's, we're talking about collective hive mind yes. mentality. It's a different form. It's another form of subservience, another form of lack of sovereignty, but um, it's, it's one of giving away I, um, your own responsibility and identity of who and what you are and what your intentions of are of life. And you fall into this collectivism where the hive becomes more important than the individual. It's a um, very dangerous program, that one. Wow. Now, but in terms of partnering with the, um, the being yeah. that God, can you do that? Can you actually have a mutual understanding and you address this being and you say, look, you know, you are, you mm. are, I am, I am. I'm not, not going to worship you. Can you, um, can you utilize that, that a partnership successfully, mutually beneficial, kind of like, you know, sex with that string attached, uh, sex with those strings attached, basically? <laughs> well, you can, you can. It will always seek to dominate you okay. by its very nature. Um, but you need to set your boundaries with that entity very strongly, very, very assertively. And it also, we need to understand the co-created agreements, comes down to agreement and contract, uh, the agreement we made to enter into its domains. And um, we need to address this being with respect. That's the key to it. Respect, love and gratitude. If you want to transcend its programs of limitation and go back to being truly sovereign within your own self and you know, because of that will then translate into your physical nature being sovereign. Um, but first it must start from within. Then we need to transcend, which means the word transcending actually means ending the trance. See? So when we transcend that God's pro that God program, we end the trance we're in of that God program. And that way is how we can move beyond it. So we can only truly do it with respect, love and gratitude for the role that it's played. Uh, in providing these great programs of challenge for you to experience. Okay, so hypothetically speaking, if you're going to begin to transcend the uh, the power and influence of God over you, you would what offer it your your unconditional love, your respect, your peace, wish it peace, wish it love. You go about your own path and kind of like have a mutual like understanding that way. Would that be one of the ways that people can do make daily affirmations on that? Well, that's part of the process. The, the other part of the process is actually looking through your journey through its domains and uh, extracting all the wisdom, looking at what it was you learnt through this process. What did, you, what did this being teach you? What did you teach that being? So it's always a two-way thing, and it's very important to understand the um, cultivation of wisdom in the process of closure because we're talking about closure on the universal level now. So this is all about closure because we're at the um, completion of our universal journey. Not everybody is, but there are those on the planet that know this about themselves. Okay. And there's quite a, quite a few. What do you mean completion of our universal journey? Because this is, you know, I, they have to explain it. I mean, you might want to explain this in two different points. There are some people who are listening, again, who they wake up, they go to work, they 
see their family, and they think that after they close their eyes, this is it. What do you think? What do you mean the end of our universal journey? Is it individual universal journey, or is it collective humanity that this is the end, cataclysm kind of? Uh, Not everybody on the planet that is here on the planet is here to complete their journey. That's that's the reality. Um, we've got a utopian ideal where we'd like to see everybody living in this beautiful utopian uh, world, but that's not reality. There's people, there's people incarnate on this planet that have other ideas about life. They're not interested in that. No matter how hard you try to convert them, it's not their journey, it's not their path. They're still engaging in other programs. And that's what we need to come to terms with. Um, we've got to get out of this ideological, spiritual, um, you know, intellectual concepts of things and get grounded and get real with life. And we've got to realize that um, we are all on our own individual journey. But the, the majority, the reason why the intention of the earth being created in the first place was to facilitate the human race and, and a fractalized embodiment for any races at the end of their journey from out there, because all, all the races, the genetics of every single uh, extraterrestrial interdimensional race that exists, all life in every form is represented genetically in our bodies. That way any being from, from any life expression out there can come and incarnate into the earthly plane and have the human experience at the end of their universal journey. So we've come from different places. You know, my journey, the path I took through this universe was different to yours. And we've come to the last place to in, reintegrate everything that we have seen, done and been in this universe. And this is the point of integration. So it's like wagging the dog. Our, our human form is the portal to everything that we are. And that's another reason why the battle royale for the control and domination of the human race is so big right now because this God entity has more to lose than one realises up front. Until you start reconnecting with the more of your aspects out there in the universe, aspects of you that are galaxies and planetary systems and stars and, and, and the incarnations we have in all these other realities and domains throughout the universe, we realize that, hang on a minute, you know, now we understand why this being wants to control and dominate us because it wants all of that out there as well. So well, it has... To continue to expand, but when you say that this could be the end, do you, you believe in reincarnation? Do you believe that we have multiple lifetimes here to experience every aspect of the human experience? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely, yeah. They, look, there's some people that are here for the first time. Um, I know I've had multiple lives here on this planet. And I've got other incarnations running now, parallel to this one, in other planetary systems as well. How do you, I, know I'm, I know I'm a galaxy, because I'm, I'm, all the galaxies out there are us. It's a co-creative process. So if a galaxy exists, it's not just the creator of the universe that has created it. No, everything is a co-creation. So every star that you see is a being. Every, every planet that you see is a living, conscious being. We express ourselves as planets, as stars, as galaxies, as pseudo-universal paradigms. We express ourselves in every way, shape and form in this universe because until you walk those shoes, you don't really know. So we need to go into those realities, be those expressions in the universe. That wisdom gets fed back to our soul and that's how we learn more about the construct of this universe, which is light. Okay. And Going into the same thing, we're talking about light, but let's go into a little bit about dark, that part of the human experience is that some people come to this reality and they are known as uh, natural-born sociopaths and they kill and they do a lot of horrible things to people. Do you feel mm. that people who come to this earth who naturally engage or have a passion for doing evil, is that part of their evolutionary process? Is that part of the whole human experience that they need to engage in to complete their purpose here? Or is that something more along the lines of a deviation or, or a devolution in terms of the human consciousness? That some people, they come here and they just can't hack it or they just it's not the place for them. This is not the right place for them. I oh, know it's all part of the evolution of the, pro of the universe. I mean, you know, I've done some pretty awful things in other lifetimes and I've done some pretty awful and evil things in my journey through the universe. And I've done some wonderful things. I've been one of the most beautiful... Uh, nurturers and healers this universe has ever seen, but I've also been one of the most evil entities this universe has ever seen. I've seen it all, done it all, been it all. I've, I'm completing my journey through this universe. So I understand what it means to be all those expressions. That's the wisdom you gain through experiencing life in this universe. It's not about judgment. 
and then you, you know you've got your negative and your positive charge in other words that's what we call it but basically it's expressing yourself one way from a centered state then you express yourself in the equal and opposite uh, way to counterbalance the initial expression and that is how light is created so it's it's sound it's vibration it's harmony it's frequency so we need to explore all expressions and all aspects of life to actually fully complete the understanding of what it means to be uh, light in so its full capacity. So you think that if somebody, so for example, who's a very a good person, they, they love people, and they're really nice, and they're all of a sudden like, you know what, most of my life I've been a really good person, but I should probably kill a bunch of people in order to have the total human experience. I mean, do you think that could be one of the re- things that could actually justifiably say on a cosmic level that, that, that they need to happen? Um, you know, because maybe some people don't want to do evil. Maybe some people are naturally inclined to do good, just like some people are, are naturally evil that it, it, they don't want to engage in, you know, being nice and being good to people. Um, yeah, well, that interpretation is coming from a hum- uh, uh, an earthly human ego level of interpreting that understanding. Okay. Um, the understanding that where I'm coming from is, is from a much uh, broader and more, uh, I'll say, grander perspective of a place of wisdom and understanding that there is no judgment in this universe, that we experience all expressions. And, and because there's people that tend to stay, um, the majority of their journey through this universe is more positively oriented, so therefore they become very enamored in their self-serving light and they become very self-righteous and judgmental towards the others. And then you've got beings that are in the camp of the more negative charge of life who um, call the um, ones in the positive a bunch of sissies and, um, you know, they, they just held in stasis and not adventurous and there's no growth going on because they're just not willing to get out there and have a go. So both camps have their pros and cons, but they're basically the alter egos of one another. So you've got to understand that this is about integrating both. This is about holding life in balance and understanding what it means to be centered and exploring all aspects of life without judgment. It's about, you know, until you walk in those shoes, you don't really know what it means to be a victim or a perpetrator. So we need to understand the victim-perpetrator roles in all their expressions to master it all. Okay, but do some souls actually have to experience the dark side? I mean, can, can some souls kind of go through, complete their, complete their evolution and without ever having to go there? I mean, they could just systematically understand it. No, That's a, no, no. No, you can't. Until you walk the shoes, you never really know. I can sit here and I can describe to you everything, what it means to be raped, because I've been raped in this life. So I know what it feels like to be there. I know what it feels like to be tortured, because in this life, I have been tortured, literally. So I'm talking from first-hand experience. And until we understand the full scope of what it means to be on either side of the spectrum of victim and perpetrator... I know I've been a perpetrator in other lifetimes, in other places in the universe. And some people go, oh, you had it coming to you because it's karma. Well, that's a twisted version of the reality of the way things are. I've chosen to come into this life and have this experience so I can um, balance my beingness out. You see, everything that we do is through choice, it's through intention, it's co-creation. So what, before we incarnate into this world, we organize at what stage in our lives people are going to role play for us. So everything is by design. There is no um, blame here. There is no, you know, that merry-go-round of pain and blame. It's a really awful merry-go-round of misery. You've got to get off it. You've got to start owning your life and you've got to realize this is co-creation. That is the only way to transcend the, um, the, any pain that you have in your life. Own it first and then you're able to move beyond it. Okay. Um, and in terms of where, where does a, your, your being go between physical life incarnations? So hypothetically speaking, you come here, you do five or six, seven lifetimes. One mm. life, you're a saint. One life, you are a bastard. Okay. Where There's so much more on that interview with George, and there's literally about 40 minutes. We were talking so much. There was so much more information to come. But in order to get everyone else in on this, I want to ensure that we get time for the virtues. So we're going to present three psychic mediums and our incredible astrologer to give you a deep analysis on George that's never been done before. So here we go. Here to provide some incredible insight into George is Miss Carrie O'Connor. 
Globally respected psychic medium. You can learn more about Carrie by going to her website at carrieoconnor.com. Carrie, where'd you learn about George? I called George the translator, and it was interesting. I saw that word across his, right across his, uh, for, or above his head. It's like a great big title. And it was, it was spaced out translator. So he's a translator. He's helped, it's like a guide. He's a travel guide to help us travel through the interdimensional, multidimensional, um, levels that are on earth and he's done it by experience instead of talking about it through concept and I love it how through his own experience he's been through the own dark night of the soul for him to turn around and come out to the what looks to me the other side where a lot of times Brian when I see people they come down and it looks like we get turned inside out and that we are looking for the soul searching and we're all looking outside of ourselves and he helps translate and bring us back to the center back to the heart and for, help us balance ahead in the heart so he definitely is a translator translator of this multi-dimensional world and makes it easy for people to understand when it could be quite difficult when you start talking about multi-dimensional interdimensional travel and all that kind of stuff it could be mind-boggling okay and we're talking about interdimensional traveling i mean it seems like in our world today at this moment in time which is 2014 that people are just kind of warming up to the idea that there might be another side or that there might be a quote-unquote afterlife after we pass but this gentleman and uh, some of the others that we've worked with have talked about multidimensional, interdimensional travel. How far away do you think the world is to actually embracing that on a um, at least a semi uh, to more mainstream uh, level? Uh, you know what, Ryan, over the years, I keep on talking about this bridging year of 2013-2015. So we're right at this turning point where people are going to be noticing their own interdimensional traveling. And a lot of times during dream time, people are doing a lot of traveling, and they're, begin, they're going to become more conscious of it, aware of it. Over the next year and a half, 2015 is going to be a major breaking point for a lot of people okay. and understanding this up. Okay, so what about, what about uh, George? I mean, do you see anything about um, what kind of life he's lived and what is his purpose here? So he's, he's here to, to help some people, but uh, is there anything else you learned about him? Does, does he have distinctive spirit guides? And what did you think about his thoughts about uh, God? his thoughts and his perspectives about God. I think it's great to have a different view of God. It's time for us to break beyond the patriarchal God energy that the, a lot of the religions have us hold. It's, God is much more of an energy form and that a lot of people don't want to look at. They feel safe with the, I call it the Santa Claus God, where we go and pray to and we hand over our power. So he's an empowering, he's empowering all of us. He's waking up humanity to really bring, go back into our hearts, start doing our own soul searching and remembering where we come from, who, what we're a part of, remembering our divine nature and starting to embody and embrace energy. I see a lot of um, guides around him. It looks like all these tubes to me. I always read everything as tubes and balls. And he gives us directions back to the own creator within, our own God self within, and be able to anchor that energy within our own energy field. So he definitely has a lot of the, what I call the high head gods. When I see people that come in or guides and beings, they're very, very big. They look like mountains around the person. He has access to that kind of energy. So you have to be really grounded to hold um, to have that kind of access to travel to those high dimensions. In terms of his energy reading, I mean, I, I, when I, I hate to assume, but I imagine that you would be you can sense the energy or, or like-minded energy or like-type energy. What what similar energy pattern would you say that George has compared to anyone else you've you've worked with or anyone else that you've kind of seen in your astral travels? Well, even before he's, um, I was reading some of the bio that he was talking about the Syrian energy. I recognize the Syrian pattern. I've been watching that since I was a little girl. I've had blue beings appear to myself since I was a little girl. So I know that, that he has a direct line to that Syrian energy, which he calls his, his, um, his God family. So he definitely has the Syrian origins. And then they say that a lot of our, his galactic family is what he calls the Syrian energy. And a lot of people say that Jesus was from that Syrian energy, or a lot of the Son of Masters were from that, that kind of plane. So he definitely has access to the Syrian energy. Awesome. Carrie O'Connor, thank you so much for your incredible insight, Mr. George. Really, really appreciate it. Learn more about Carrie's website and her info by going to her website at CarrieO'Connor.com. Thank you so much, Carrie. Thank you, Ryan. Here to provide us with some additional information on Mr. George is Ms. Laura Lynn. Laura Lynn is a globally respected psychic medium and a past life reader. You learn more about Miss Lynn by going to her website at angelreader.net. Laura, what is the 411 and George? Well, when I was going inside, I felt very strongly that, that George was a Gregorian monk. What is a Gregorian monk? Well, he was someone that studied very strong 
messages that he felt towards God, the obedience of God. He he did a lot of record keeping during the time when he was a monk. This was during the Middle Ages. He had a lot of um, writing that he did that had to do with conservation, from what I picked up. What do you mean conservation? He felt a real strong need to reuse items. He okay. was into recycling probably before the time that became popular. Wow. It may have been one of the first to recycle. Okay. And <laughs> in terms of this, um, when did he become, so he's studying God, and then he has his life we listen to, and he, it seems like it's to be a radical departure from what would be seen as a traditional perception about God. What other lifetimes did you pick up on? <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> I started coughing. <laughs> You're going to say, Laura's not worth this, all this problem here. Okay, sorry. We'll start again. Um, the You want to give like a... Not no, start. we'll just go away from the last question. I'll, I'll start right away right from the last okay. question. Okay. Um, so I am, I'm looking over everything I got here. Okay. All right. From what I got is that he, uh, the next lifetime, he decided he wanted to have a family, and he lived as a shaker where he owned an apple orchard. He was very successful because he owned more modern machinery that was left to him from an extended family member. So he was extremely generous to the family and also to the, the community at large. Okay. And was that relatively around the time period, the same uh, time period following after no, it, that was several several hundred years later. Okay. And what about this uh, life that he's having right now where he seems to be a you know geyser of information? Whether you want to um, acknowledge or not, I mean, it, it, it comes at you at a really rapid pace. When did this, what was this life purpose? When did this come about? Well, I feel like he, he said it himself. He feels like people need to own their own life. He, he looked back at his own past from when he was a shaker, the, the Shakers, from what I gather, were very responsible people. They, you know, of course, believed deeply in their religion and in their God and, and to the point where they would bring it into their, their, they would embody God. And they felt a very strong need to help the culture, to help their, their family, their church family. And w before that, his deep study that he did as a Gregarian monk, he went very deep into practices that were about obedience to God, perseverance and stability. He felt a need to be uh, very in line with his, with his truth and his teachings. So it feels like what happened is that he embodied that, that truth that he felt so so strongly into his soul that he brought it back here into our world today and he feels a strong need to share his message okay now this message it just seems to be like you know people come back um various lives and they come back and they want to share whatever they have but he, he seems to have a, a very powerful message that um it just seems a little bit a little bit more intense that one would normally expect again i believe it comes back to his old old DNA, his structure, his, his truth. And he needed to live a very solemn life and then come back and live a, a life of, of structure and community, culture. And now he's coming to this place and saying, look, we need to remember who we are. We need to own our life, take responsibility for ourselves, not be the victims, and he knows that he's about ready to, to cycle right out into the, the cosmos. And he, he feels a very strong conviction to share his truth. Okay. All right, Ms. Lynn. Thank you so much for your incredible insight. I'm Mr. George. We learn more about Laura by going to her website at angelreader.net. Thank you so much, Laura. Thank you. What do the stars have to say about George? We're going to learn that right now by going to Globally Respected Astrologer, Ms. Constance Stellis, and her website is ConstanceStellis.com. Constance, what did you learn about George? Well, 
Uh, interesting chart, definitely. Um, when I say chart, I mean uh, an astrology chart based on the day, the year, the time, and place of birth. And that erects a, uh, a map, so to speak. So George is a Leo, and uh, he has a lot, uh, Leo is a fire sign. He also has a lot of water influence in his chart because he has what's called a grand water trine. So that means um, three planets at least. He has more in a triangular shape. So it's super sensitive and very impressionable. And um, we have, when we look at his moon sign, all of us have a position that our moon is in. His moon is in Scorpio and it's very close to Neptune. So Neptune is the planet of spiritual attunement, in a way. So reading about some of his experiences, uh, he's, he's traveled far <laughs> in terms of the universe and, and universes beyond. And um, his perceptions of these um, refined and subtle energies uh, inform his life. Not always easily, because the, the um, necessary... I don't know, grit sometimes for the day-to-day uh, -day life on earth, it's, it's not a refined vibration. So there has to be a lot. This person has had to learn to protect himself uh, and is still learning that. And protect, I don't mean, you know, from bullies down the street, but also from, shall we say, psychic invasion. Um, and truthfully, psychic What'd you say? I would say, why would anyone want to attack him? What kind of invasion? Well, um, when, uh, you know, it's like uh, when you see something, I was just going to say all of us, in a way, have to protect ourselves, not because we're being invaded by, you know, men from Mars or something, but the energies that are on the planet now are changing so dramatically that when somebody has refined their vibration or kind of elevated their 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 vibe, a lot of people want to participate in it. I mean, it's a little bit like, oh, it's a celebrity. I want that. I want that. But in another way, it's not just the fame or the money, but it's, it's a quality of energy. And because of his sensitivity, um, a lot of people, you know, kind of wanted to get a piece of that. And he had to learn to defend himself. And I know he went through some physical challenges that he triumphed over. And he, you remember in one of the other interviews, I said that this guy is kind of on his last lap, so to speak, yeah. uh, of his lifetime. Well, not so for George. George is setting up situations for many lifetimes to come. Now, I don't mean he has to suffer to set those up, but his sensitivity is so acute that he is able to... Um, I don't know, uh, participate in different kinds of reality. And it takes a while to handle, you know, going out, coming back. I mean, some people can astro travel. It, it exists. Um, maybe you don't want to do it all the time. I mean, I had one client who said, eh, I'm going to take the subway. Why should I astro travel? <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, you know, I mean, that's kind of a silly joke. But the, the thing is, is that, that these subtle energies do influence um, our, uh, uh, our, our, our being. But you have to learn to handle them. And he has had a lot of lessons in that uh, department. And I think is, is, is kind of getting down on a black... I should say, not back to planet Earth, but incorporating those sensitivities within the parameters of what he needs to do for his daily life and his teaching life, because I think that he's sharing his experiences uh, with, uh, with other people and trying to open our minds, you know, that, I mean, we, we know that we're here, but there's a lot of hearers out there, and um, uh, sometimes they are malevolent, uh, beings, um, and we have to protect ourselves, and then sometimes they're trying to help us on our own journey. Um, so you can't get too creeped out about it, but you have to make uh, sure you know the difference. Is there anyone else that you can think of in recent uh, memory or somebody you can think of off the top of your head that would have a similar type uh, astrological uh, trajectory as George would? Um, well, there are people equally sensitive. There are people equally um, 
imaginative, and by that I mean um, the the ability to move in and out of different, um, let's say, spirit realities. Uh, the the kicker, so to speak, I mean, because certainly there are people born on his birthday, and probably even in Australia where he was born, July 26th. But um, his his own, you know, all sorts of things come into play, and because one position in his chart is Saturn at 29 degrees of Pisces, this is a um, um, a degree of expiation. Expiation, in other words, kind of cleaning up karma. Now, some other people may do this, but they may, you know, decide, oh, I, I can't bear this, you know, let's go have a beer, or many beers, or many other things, you know. <laughs> and uh, to his credit, I mean, I don't know his whole biography, but he, he kind of uh, went to the heart of what was going on and didn't try and numb out um, his, his uh, sensitivities, although I know he was ill for a while. That's my silly bird making noise. Um, and um, so there are people that could have the similar chart, but I'm not so sure they're doing with that chart what George uh, has done and is doing and will do. Wow. Constance, thank you so much. Learn my about, pleasure. Learn more about Constance Stellas by going to her website at ConstanceStellas.com. Thanks again, Ms. Constance. Here to provide some additional insight on Mr. George is... Lisa Kaza, globally respected psychic medium. Learn more about Lisa by going to her website at soulpsychics.com. Lisa, what can you tell us about George? His spirit is not of this world. And, but the thing is, his spirit is similar to our past um, guest that we had, Ms. Teal Swan, but very different at the same time, if that makes sense. Okay, how so? Uh, well, he, like he comes from a different plane of existence, and like I felt that um, it's almost like a concept of interbeing. So like he was like a mixture of half and half or a third and a third and a third of different races. Okay. And we're dealing with a, a much higher intelligence. He is extreme intelligence, this man. I would have to say that a lot of what he, he talks about, his work, it actually complements uh, Teal Swan's um, uh, messages, as well as actually, um, we also had Gerald Salente on a couple weeks ago, and you know how he he uh, said, "Who's driving your bus? Uh, who's taking responsibility?" Meanwhile, Gerald Salente had the exact same message of, "Think for yourself." So these three people, it's like that they're working together with this particular message. Okay. And um, you, you mentioned one thing before saying that George is not of this world and some people are not of this world. Well, if um, most people like them aren't of this world, where, where are the common people from? Where are the common souls from? Like where, where do the common souls come from that uh, evolve on this earth? All over. That's, okay. the, that's what I just heard. I just heard the message all over. So there's, we have like indigos and crystal children, like for example, our past guest, Teal Swan. She comes from... Uh, the utmost of divine energy, um, like close to angels and spirit guides, that kind of energy. Um, and then there's others where, like you and I, for example, um, I can't quite trace back to where we've come from, but we've had numerous, numerous lifetimes on this plane. Okay. But is it more of a commonplace that you can kind of sense that uh, the collectively humanity may be coming from a place we can't define where it is, but it's very common where, as you know, these individuals, they are coming from a place that we cannot define maybe physically or dimensionally, but you know it's from a place of higher um, escalating energy. Is that correct? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And like I said, George, his spirit, um, it's very different than what I've ever actually come across before. Um, after hearing the interview, it makes total complete sense to me now when he discusses his galactic family. That's that's what the difference that I was feeling. So that is where he has come from. Galactic family. Do we all have galactic families, or is it George? Does George get the extended family? All I'm hearing is that we're all different. Okay. We all come from different places. So just because, for example... Just because George comes from there doesn't mean that I do or that you do. Uh, we can come from somewhere else, but 
where that somewhere is, I don't know. <laughs> no, because you think that um, at the end of the day, that George is doing a lot of positive, um, good things for humanity in this life that he's uh, evolving in right now? Yes. Uh, he, uh, George is very genuine with his messages and absolutely full of love. Um, and like his purpose here is to make us remember who we really are and where uh, we have come from. And it's, it's to enlighten us to the concept of, of God and the ultimate creator. He's preparing us, preparing us for that. Well, um, he's doing a lot of good, but he needs to step up the pace, I was told to tell him. Oh, to, to, I mean, to get the message out even faster then? Yeah. Okay, well. Yeah. But, uh, and the last, one of the other things I found very interesting was uh, he acts like, no, that's a wrong choice of words. He is designated as the spiritual library for people searching for direction, truth, and knowledge. And another comment I have to say is that personally speaking, I feel that George was actually speaking a lot of truth. And people that know me will know not to take that lightly because this is the first time in my life that I can more comfortably say that I can see the truth regarding the, you know, the, his God, God concept. Thank you so much. Learn more about Lisa by going to her website at soulpsychics.com. Thank you so much, Lisa. Oh, thank you too, Ryan. Here to provide some incredible insight into George. Okay, that was The Virtues, giving some incredible insight on George. And I want to give you George's website because we had to end the interview early because it was too long. You can go to George's website at Our Journey Home, and it is our, O-U-R dash journey home.com and you can learn all about George he's got his own radio show called Super Woo Radio and he has a very interesting show where he talks to a lot of individuals and um, discusses a lot of insight on metaphysics, spirituality um, pretty much indescribable and he's got a really great book called Our Universal Journey I read the book and was really taken back by it, it's one of these books where you read and you feel it out, it's kind of like Edgar Toll's book um, Silent Power, but I'm sorry, that's Stuart Watts' book. I get told how the power of now, and when you read it, you just feel it. It's, it's one of those books where you read it and you just feel it out. So I want to thank George very much for a really compelling and powerful interview. And if you go to our website at ourouterlimitsradio.com, you'll be able to go here, there, you'll be able to listen to this show in its entirety, and you'll also be able to listen to George's uh, full interview which was approximately an hour and uh, eight minutes. Uh, we have about two minutes left, and I just want to tell you a little bit more about the virtues we have on the show. The virtues are four individuals whom I've worked with throughout my life who are, uh, I call them very loving, very powerful, and very sincere souls. Uh, the first one is Laura Lynn. She did the past life reading. She's very sweet, and she's got some of the highest favorable ratings in terms of past life regression work. A lot of people I think she's one of the best in the world, and I'm going to tell you this from a first-hand experience that I believe them. Um, she's always adding incredible insight. Then we have Ms. Lisa Kaza, who is a uh, respected psychic medium. We've been in contact for some time right now. She really has some incredible insight, and um, she, we talked to her there, and she finds something that she really likes. She has this like really high enthusiasm. It's just you know, it's great to see it. Uh, she always brings a lot there. We have Ms. Constance Stellis, who um, I've actually had the pleasure of working with for a number of years, and she's done a lot of national TV as well as a lot of national radio. She's consulted by multimillionaires, and she's worked for a lot of people. She's uh, very sweet, very knowledgeable, and um, she's a geyser of information. And then we have our psychic medium, Ms. Carrie O'Connor, and I can't uh, describe uh, you know, how much I love I have for her. We, um, we have a couple of mutual friends who've gone back a long way. She's just Absolutely, absolutely amazing, just uh, incredible. And she really is uh, very powerful. She brings a lot. So between these four, they are all bringing um, a powerful, unique insight that you're not going to find anywhere else. And I highly recommend that uh, if you're interested in learning more about yourself, you contact them and you learn. And you, you have a reading done by one of them. They're, they're very genuine, very sincere. There's a difference between people who are good psychics and bad psychics. These are one of the very hard to find uh, psychics you can contact and sit down and talk with and they're going to give you a, a lot of uh, warm great energy and they're going to give you a lot of personal on yourself so uh, I want to thank you so much for listening it is time to end the show next week we have an incredible 
incredible guest, Mr. Chris Krepsik, who's also known as the Hooded Sage, and he perceives life in a way that no one else does. So along the same lines, thank you very much. I wish you infinite peace and love. Until we meet again, this has been the Outer Limits of Inner Truth. are getting hotter during the dear days of summer. Get 0% financing for 60 months on all John Deere compact tractors. Plus, get a best-in-class six-year powertrain warranty at no additional cost. Hurry in today for the hot deals of summer. Offer ends August 2nd, 2016, subject to approved installment credit with John Deere Financial. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. Visit your local John Deere dealer today to take advantage of special savings going on now. Find out more at myjohndeeredealer.com.